0: Well, we've got a treat for you tonight, Duran Duran, who was formed in 1978 and rose to fame through the 80s. They were known for their stylish image and catchy electronic influenced pop music. Lots of hits including Rio, Hungry Like the Wolf, Girls on Film and many more, where they had some fantastic videos that were heavily played on MTV and helped establish the channel as a major player in the music industry at the time. The band's success helped to popularise the new romantic movement in the early 80s, which was characterised by flamboyant buoyant fashion and a focus on image and style. And Duran Duran's six headline future past arena shows is taking off in Manchester at the AO Arena on April 29th and they'll be headlining in Dublin in 3 Arena on May the 7th. I'm delighted to have band member James uh, John Taylor who's a bassist and founding member of the band joining me on the line.
1: John, how are you? Night. Nice to be here, Donald. Nice to be
0: here. Delighted to be able to talk to you and thank you for taking the time to speak to me on the night fly here. Now, last year, right, I decided that I wanted to set up an old hi-fi system at home. OK, so I bought mm. a vintage Pioneer receiver. It's my pride mm. and joy. And it sounds fantastic. Um, and, and it's from 1978. It was manufactured the very same year that Duran Duran were founded. And I thought to myself... With decades advancement in electronics, this 43-year-old amplifier works and sounds as good as anything made today. At least uh, to my I like <laughs> the analogy. I
1: like where you're going with this.
0: Yeah, at least to my ears it does so. My next question to you is after 43 years, the same length of time together, um, what is the secret to your popularity and do you to being on trend and so
1: successful for so long? Well, there's been ups and downs, you know, it, it hasn't been a straight line, but, you know, we're lucky. Look, we're, we're all passionate about music. You know, we all grew up in an era that, that, like, electronic rock, you know, coming out of the UK was, like, was the was the shit, you know. I mean, it was, I mean, whether it was the Beatles or the Stones or Bowie or Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or The Clash, mm. you know. I mean, like, it's incredible uh, legacy of, of music. Um and and most of it was bands you know so by the time Duran get together in 78 and 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 we kind of meet each other and we we you know we all kind of get along and we set this you know we set this um challenge for ourselves um you know you got you got a bunch of very driven kids and um i think since then it's really just been about sort of maintaining the the idea you know which is you know you've got to keep you've got to keep writing you've got to keep create you've got to keep creating new music you know but and you've got to keep playing live you know they're two different you know you've got to do both the things you know the the playing live kind of keeps you fit and 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 you know and on your game but you know the the challenge in the studio to write new material that you know that hopefully the fans are going to like and and it freshens up the show, so you're not playing the same songs every time you go out. You know, mm. it, it, it's just that it's like a bipolar thing in a way, you know. And you have to be, you can't just do the one. Uh, you've got to be able to do both. And I think if, you know, for me, you know, always looking at the giants uh, that have come before us, or that are even trying to walk alongside, they're doing mm. both. Mm. You can't just do the one. Mm. Um, and you know, it's, trust me, there's been times when I've been like, can we just go on tour and play the hits, you know, and actually Nick, God bless him. Nick has always, always said, Mm. now let's do something new. Let's do something new. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're left brain, right brain things, you know, but you, Mm. you've got to do them both. And unfortunately we've got a team that is up for it. And, um, and pretty much has always been up for it.
0: You know, so. funny enough, I, I came across recently a very early interview with Mick Jagger from 1962 where the interviewer asked him, this was in 1962, he was probably still a teenager, and the interviewer asked him, do you think you'll still be doing this when you're 60 and walking with a cane? And he said, oh yeah. And all of the audience <laughs> laughed, right? The audience just burst into laughter. Then they showed a video of him in his mid-70s. On stage, as energetic Amazing. as ever, playing to thousands of people. Do you think you you have that vision? Had that vision in 1981 when you know MTV were banging out the Duran Duran videos and the rise of the New Romantics? That you'd still be performing in the
1: 2020s? No, I didn't. I didn't think like that, you know. And I, I and I'm not sure Mick was serious either, you know. I mean, I mean, who, you know, who think who thinks that far ahead? You know, I mean, I, I just think like you know, if you're planning. 40 years into the future, you know, you're going to be, be a dentist, you know, people yeah. that, people that do what we do, you know, we're not thinking past, you know, the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I never, I never could, could imagine being it being like this. Uh, it's been extraordinary really how it's mm-hmm. just, just kept, kept going. But again, you know, I mean, you know when i was 17 in in the late 70s you know and we just thought well the stones were over i mean like mm. you know i mean like who who you know they were done you know and and, and the who i remember it's like they broke it seemed like yeah. they were on the verge of breaking up like every year you mm. know and and, and 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 there was this idea that like rock was dead and it couldn't go on and mm. and you watched mm. as these as these you know the dinosaurs as they were called then they just they just kept going and they kept going. And you thought, well, if they're going to keep going, we're going to keep going. And, um, you know, and, and, and people, you know, fans, music fans, audiences, they, they want us to keep going. You know, they they want some, you know, they want some constancy. So, you, you know, I mean.
0: Duran Duran yeah. started really towards the tail end of the punk era, wasn't it? I mean, did that was, yeah, that, was exactly, that difficult yeah. in the first few years to establish your sound?
1: Well, it was a very exciting time for music. I mean, punk had like, punk was like the sort of explosive that, you know, blew off the doors. And then, like, all every kids were just running through, like, kids of my age were just running through the doors and picking up a broomstick and, and, and just try, doing anything to mm. try to participate. And, you know, and, 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 it was so the room like filled out with so many different kinds of kids mm. that you know like by seventy eight, uh, the punk m- music has kind of morphed into you know what became known as new wave and then post punk where you've got like you've got a lot of different things happening yeah. you know and you've got got like a bit of electronica a bit of disco a bit of funk mm. a bit of you know and it and it, and it became a very broad church, but all of it, had, but it all had the energy of of early punk. Um, it was it was a really brilliant uh, time, actually. And the riff, the first the first phase of Duran Duran was very different to the sound that we became for our first album. Mm. Uh, uh, we we didn't have a drummer. We had a we had a tiny little drum machine that had about eight presets uh beats on it and um, i was playing guitar uh the singer was playing bass we had a clarinetist it was really odd it was a really odd sound but you know everybody at that time was striving for something different yeah you know it was like the worst thing you could do is is look like you were trying to copy somebody else yes you really had to find your own lane yes it was and then when i'm hmm. Yeah, go
0: on. Sorry, John. I was just thinking it was like a it was like a melting pot of different genres before something had kind of established again for for a number of years. You know, one thing I want to to bring you back to briefly. Um, two of my favorite videos of all time when MTV was around in the early years of MTV, and I was still in my teens and suddenly there was a shift um, that came into pop music where, you know, we were looking at it on television now, watching the videos as opposed to listening to it, well, listening to it on the radio at the same time, just like um, there is in the form of radio to online platforms today. So the two videos, OK, were Club Tropicana by Wham and Rio by Duran Duran. And although I wouldn't admit it at the time, but I wanted to live that lifestyle on sun-kissed beaches and parties and yeah, boat trips wow. across the Mediterranean islands. Of course, it didn't it happen. It didn't happen. But the dream is still <laughs> there. But tell me, how did that iconic video come about? Because I always believed it was all right. Maybe I heard somewhere along the way that it was kind of rushed and put together at very short notice.
1: It was. It was. I mean, it, we'd we'd been touring. Uh, well, we have been to Australia, we'd been to Japan, we'd been to the States and we were on a break. And I think there'd already been two singles from uh, the Rio album and we were kind of almost done with, you know, as far as we were concerned. It was like, well, we've, you know, we've had the two hits off the album. And I think we were just on a pause before we were going to do a British tour. And we'd all, four of us, I think Andy didn't go, but the other four of us, we all took our girlfriends and we all went to Antigua together. And we all had these beach huts, you know, and you know, and every morning, you know, know, lunchtime, we'd all go down to the beach together. And Mm -hmm. um, just before we were about to leave, we get a call from our manager saying, "Don't go anywhere, you know. I'm coming out with Andy and a film crew, and we're going to do we're going to do a video." Mm -hmm. And um, and that's how it came to happen. And and you know, we very quickly kind of, you know, fortunately, we, you know, we had the clothes and 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 our director. Russell, you know, very much knew, you know what to do, and uh, we did. Uh, yeah, we did the Rio video, and we, we you know, there was another video for uh, Waiting for the Nightboat, which was a, which was a much darker song, mm. but that's that's kind of a cool video too, completely different to Rio. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, it was there was this photographer called Chaco Laidman uh just i think it's belgian actually mm-hmm. and we really loved he had this book kind of like a coffee table book called foxy lady yes and we use we use that as the style kind of guide for for that for that video and um uh, yeah, very, very camp, very kitsch. Yeah, it, it was a great, um, but quite, it was a great but quite play. cool. I quite loved cool. it. I
0: loved it. Yeah. I mean, and it stood the test of time. And and how amazing is it that new generations of music lovers are discovering your music all over again? You know, yeah. Why, why do you think that yeah. is? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because, like, at, at first, when you know, music went online, and uh, we had Napster, and then we had, uh, you know, iTunes, and. And 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 a lot of people are freaking out, you know, freaking out that it's that 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 somehow we're gonna lose that we're gonna lose something. But I think that the appetite, I think the streaming platforms and you know, have made it possible for I mean, I mean, you know, all I care about is that there are millions of people out there that want to hear music. It doesn't matter whether it's my music or whomever's music, you know, I just want people to have an appetite for music. And I think that, you know, the streaming platforms, you know, and the accessibility of music today, you know, it, 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 it's like, if you're into music, it's like the world is your oyster. Hmm. We went when you and I were, you know, you know, this is always a dangerous, but when we were kids, you really had to seek out. You really had to work quite hard to, you know, you had to dig deep to to be to be into music and stay on top of your your favorite music. I mean, you'd be lucky if you heard it on radio once and you know, and you'd have to get your pennies together and you'd have to go and buy the record and maybe the local store didn't have it and blah, 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 blah. It was a process, wasn't it? Yeah. But now it's the opposite of that. You know, you can an album comes out, you've got it, you've got it in your ears, you've got it on your phone. Yes. Uh, yes. you can you you know, and and I came to see, I remember we went down to South America and we played a Lollapalooza tour and it was a very young audience. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a band actually, I was watching a band called the XX and I and, and 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 I was watching the audience and I could see that they knew every word to every song and then I went and I saw uh I I, I watched a, a few different artists and the audience knew mm. every word to every song and I thought well that's because you know they're listening they get the songs on their phone they're playing those songs all day long mm. you know when again you know, oldies like us, we we maybe play the record before we went to school and then yeah. maybe when we got home. But but, you know, people now have this access to the music and they can just dig in very deep, very quickly. Yes. So, you know, it, it's actually good for it's it's good for it's good for the music. You know? It
0: is. It's that instant accessibility. I mean, everybody carries yeah. around a mobile phone now, and we're living in a mobile world. And you can get anything pretty much you want on demand, whether it's from music to podcasts to entertainment to news. It's it's all there for you, and it's it really is. It's opened up such
1: a big, such a huge world. I mean, I mean, you don't have the curate. You know, I mean, uh, you know, y- you know, I mean, curators are still really important. Like what you're doing. You know, you still got. It's great to have someone who's kind of knows what they're talking about to kind of filter everything down and sort of make it, you know, to deliver it in an essential way. But, you know, and I, and I, and I do appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of algorithms. You know, if, if, if somebody says, if an algorithm says, yeah. because you bought this, yeah we think you will like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now my instinctive reaction is fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know, I, I hate that <laughs> you know but like uh but the as you said the the accessibility that we can it, it is extraordinary mm. i mean in a way that's what makes curating even more important because there is the access is just you know, it knows no bounds
0: today. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. Well, um, John, thank you very much for talking to us. Uh, the very best of luck with the tour and we're looking forward to having you over here in Dublin on May the 7th. And may, may it go very well for the whole band.
1: Thank you, Donald. I really appreciate it.
0: John, thank you very much. John Taylor from Duran Duran. Tickets on sale, by the way. Still, if there's any left, they'll be performing in Dublin at Three Arena on May the 7th.